backstage passes, and zero to 60 in a super stretch limo? Yeah, that's just how we roll. You're listening to the Mousecapades Radio Network. from the Your Story Travel Company. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 694, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Today, we'll be bringing you all the latest Disney rumors and news to help your week be a bit more magical. The Mousecapades podcast is a part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, one of us would be glad to help. Just text us, Gina, Sarah, Vicki, or myself, Stephanie, at 636-395-0544 or email us at yourstorytravel.com and we'd be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package, so just contact one of us today. So uh, this was late breaking news after I was researching, so I have to say this because I know you guys will enjoy it. Apparently, I want to make sure I say the right words. The Disney shareholders are planning to vote against the re-election of Bob Chapek as CEO. Really? That was released today. So. How long does he have? I didn't realize that it's on like a set number. I didn't realize that either. I thought that was interesting. Uh, they probably can like maybe like like yearly they have to like vote or something maybe. I don't uh, I'm looking to see if it gives a thing, but it says that um, last year, you guys are going to die. He made $34.5 million in 2020. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Greedy. That's a lot of freaking, yeah, no doubt. And um, it said that this is the best way to get to a person is to say that what they did, what the board did was no confidence, and now the board of directors and the shareholders are saying we are not revoting you in so so does that mean they're basically pushing him out like saying he either needs to change or he's done right they said that if we recall which i don't recall but michael eisner lost 43 percent of the vote and they anticipate that he will lose more than that wow so if i was him i'd be putting some money away because it might be your last He's, he's got plenty of money to put away. How do you get $35.4 million in a year? During of COVID. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Obviously, you, did, you didn't take a pay cut Wyatt, and go on furlough like your poor employees Of course did. he didn't. He raised the prices. Right, exactly. He raised the prices, took away the stuff, you know, took away all the, I mean, it wasn't free, but all the stuff that we all enjoyed, you know, like Magic Express and all this stuff, just to put more money in his pocket yep so it'll be interesting to see so this is exciting we knew that phantasmic was coming back to disney world but it's also returning in the spring of 2022 at disneyland and they said that part of the attraction is currently being refurbished in preparation for the reopening there's like scrim covering things on the rivers of america and um, they can tell that they're working on the lights and that there are platforms that have scrim around them so that the cast members can be working, but that the magic is not ruined for the guests. But I was excited to read this because I'm sure that Disneyland is longing for that show just as much as we are Disney World people. 
Yay, that's exciting for them. That is exciting. Speaking of shows returning, celebration of the Festival of the Lion King has been missing something important. The aerial part of the show has been gone since they modified it, and so now the dancers are just performing on the ground for that song, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Well, Disney is now auditioning dancers with ballet technique who may perform an aerial routine for the celebration of the Festival of the Lion King. So that could be coming back, which I'm super excited about. This is like my favorite show at Disney. Um, so maybe the full show is going to be returning soon or at least coming back in some stages or something. We also saw, and this one was kind of a little bit strange, that they posted for performing with trampoline walls. Hmm. They had that like tumbling monkey act, but I never saw any trampoline walls. So I'm a little bit curious as to what the trampoline walls might be used for. Uh, you guys have any guesses? I think that makes sense mm -hmm. that they would be bringing back. I missed that part. I, I was going to ask Sarah. I don't think I asked you that, Sarah, what you thought, because I know you love that show like we do. So we did not visit Festival of the Lion King on our trip. <laughs> I think he's like, I did not want to. I mean, I didn't want to see the not real show. <laughs> I mean, and when we reported on like how they were doing the crowd and the like COVID outbreak among cast members, I was just, you know, I don't need to take my family to that. I mean, we've done it before and um, multiple times and they, they didn't even miss it. So, and our day was very full at Animal Kingdom, even without Festival of the Lion King. So I'm sorry, don't throw things at me through this <laughs> I'm just shocked because I know that it's one of your favorites like it is yeah. ours and so I just I, I like it the way it is and I just didn't want to see a modified version I don't know I get um, that yeah sorry <laughs> alright so big talk of the week at least where I live we are just a couple of days away from Super Bowl 56 between the Los Angeles Rams and my hometown team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Hootay! <laughs> so Disney <laughs> is already preparing for coverage of the big game over at Disneyland Resort. With the world of color still down for refurbishment there, um, until this spring, the ESPN coverage area has taken over part of the show's viewing area. A black barrier blocks access to the normal viewing area and a number of black tents with full cover sit in the area closest to Pixar Pier entrance. Meanwhile, one large tent with ESPN and Super Bowl 56 logos is on the further side of the area. While the purpose of this is unknown at this time, but we can likely suspect that there's going to be some kind of coverage from the Super Bowl at Disney California Adventure. Why would they miss out right? on it? Right. Especially it did it and who wins? They're going to Disney World. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> It's tradition. Ho hopefully it's Joe Burrow. <laughs> Probably the Disneyland fans are rooting for the Rams. I'm the Rams. sure. I'm sure. But hey, I mean, Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals are the underdogs. Come on. That will be an upset. No, I'm not saying I'm not rooting for them. I like to root for the I like to root for the underdogs. And I also like to root for anybody who didn't leave our city because they're Agreed. too. Agreed. 
money greedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Greedy people. Uh, right. Maybe they make $34.5 right. million dollars too. <laughs> Cronky. All right, ladies, simmer down now. Simmer down. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got us all heated. So, with the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser's first voyage less than a month away, park passes and lightning lane reservations are being assigned to the resort's first guests. As part of the experience, an off-board excursion to Black Spire Outpost on Batu is included. For those who aren't fully versed in the world of the Halcyon, this means that park passes are included for a visit to Disney's Hollywood Studios to experience Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Although included in the package is front-of-the-line access to both Star Wars Rise of the Resistance and Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, technically these are called experiences, not lightning lanes or unlike lightning lanes, they don't have an assigned time frame in which these guests will experience them. Um, great, something else to make the lines longer. Yay! <laughs> you know what? This would be so cool. I would love to do this if it wasn't so dang on expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, maybe, you know, Bob Chapek will get to go do this with all of his money. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's going for free. What are you talking about? With all his money, he can well, live there. Well, if he gets kicked out, it might not be for free. I, if he gets kicked out, he ain't going back to Disney. I can tell you that. <laughs> He'll probably take his money and go hang out somewhere where it's warm and there are palm trees. I cannot believe that it's only a month away. I know. I know. It, I feel like we've been talking about I'll it forever. Be, but it does seem forever. I'll be interested to see, you know, how it goes and what people think is it worth the price. Well, that's what I'm wanting to know because we were so all psyched about Space 220. And I know that you guys said it was good, but nobody that I know that's actually went has said it's like the best thing no. ever. And when you see that and you know the money they put in, you want them to say, this is the best thing ever. So I'm really very concerned and I'm not as huge a Star Wars fan as, as Sarah, obviously, but I would hope for that money that it's like seriously no pun intended out of this world well and like them including things like oh you have now reservations to uh the black spire outpost and um you get on rise of resistance and smugglers run and you just get to walk on not even like lightning lane it okay good because <laughs> they paid a lot but then right. at the same time i'm thinking that same thing sarah is which is you know how difficult it is to get those like rise of the resistance like people who are off-site typically can't get even by the individual lightning lane for that because it's already sold out by them and then right. like it's so hard to make reservations um for any sort of dining and these like they, they get those reservations so it's going to make it really difficult to get more reservations for our clients and for, for guests it's just oh yeah we had um on one of our Epcot days when we went, we're going to Space 220 for lunch, we decided to go do the paint by number. And the, we were waiting for our spot and the cast member started talking to us, you know, how's your day going? Are you having fun? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, after this, we're going to go um, have lunch at Space 220. And he even said, wow, that's like getting the golden ticket. <laughs> like he even knew how hard those reservations to get were to get and um to be honest with you ladies there were empty tables there the entire time we were eating so i hmm. don't know and i looked um 
to see if there was any, you know, right then availability, and it showed up as nothing. But there were tables for six, tables for four. But do you think there's still social distancing? Do you think that was part of it? I don't think so. I mean, there were parties seated next to each other. Yeah, I, um, so I don't get in trouble. Former colleagues of ours reported the same thing. Hmm. That when they went, there were a lot of open tables and they thought it was strange. And they were kind of put in a corner, so they didn't feel like they had a good view necessarily. It's like Disney doing this on purpose for the hype of, oh, you can't get the resurrection. Like, why would they do that? That doesn't even make sense. I have no idea. I don't know why dining is like this. Keep it hyped up. Oh, we have to get this reservation because they're so hard to get. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And they also probably don't have a full staff yet. That could be a possibility, too. Considered full as soon as you have this many people. Yeah. So this person has five tables and this person, you know, if every person that's they going to be there that day has five tables, then they're like, mm, we have to say yeah. we're booked. I'd say best meal of my of my trip was Steakhouse 71. I've heard that's good. Hands down. It was delicious. Ate everything on my plate. My kids cleaned their plates. My husband cleaned his plate. And um, it, this, I mean, everywhere the service was great but the food was the best there. And it's not, I mean, it's a nice looking restaurant, but it's in the basement of the contemporary. Um, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's not like you have a nice view of anything. Um, there was a TV though at the bar that we could watch from a distance and see football, which was kind of fun. Or no, it was basketball. But yeah, um, you know, don't feel terrible if you miss out on Space 220. So. I have some sad news. The Mickey and Friends motorcade is coming to an end. It's been going for about a year and a half since they reopened in July of 2020. And you get to see Mickey in a convertible and his friends, Minnie and everybody else. But apparently that motorcade is going goodbye and they don't feel like they need it anymore. Mickey's going back to the red carpet and do his meet and greets with his girlfriend, Minnie. They will start that on Sunday the 13th, which is just this weekend. That specific one, we saw twice, and we weren't, I mean, I think we were there a lot of the day, but not the whole, I don't know. We saw that one twice, we saw the Christmas one, and we saw the Pixar one. But I, I don't know when it's bothering anybody. I don't, why is that a big deal? Mickey could still go to his red carpet, and then every two or three hours, take a little ride on his convertible, and then go back to the red carpet. They could just say, Mickey's having a nap or Mickey's having a snack. I mean, they do that with Santa. Why can't we do that with Mickey? So are we talking about Mickey going back to Mickey at Town Square Theater? No, this is um, at Hollywood Studio. Oh, okay. That's why I'm like, he's there now. <laughs> why is it February 13th? Okay, I need to listen better. Woo. <laughs> so it's okay. We'll give you we'll give you a chance. You're, the baby is sucking all the brain cells left. I yeah. will tell you what I want to come back to Hollywood Studios is our well no all of the um, meet and greets at Star Wars Launch Bay. That was yeah. What's the deal? That was that? downright depressing. Um, my youngest and my husband went to ride Tower of Terror, and my oldest and I went over to Star Wars Launch Bay. And it was like a sad, like defunct 
museum of Star Wars posters. You could meet Chewie, you could meet um, Kylo Ren or Darth Vader, and BB-8. And we, on our last trip, we had the best memory of um, Alice had just gotten her the most coveted thing, you know, the toy that she wanted more than anything else, and it was a stuffed Chewie. And because he had his little satchel and it opened up with velcro and it was just big enough for like a couple quarters or something to go in or like some hair ties or something but she had to have that chewy and it was effort to find him she had just gotten him and we went to the dessert party the star wars dessert party over there which was awesome because they had stormtroopers walking around the tables and then um, we went to meet the characters, and she went up to BB-8, and, you know, obviously it's BB-8, he's a droid, so he's making all his little noises, and she has Chewie give him a hug, and I got a picture of it, and even the cast members were like, oh, that's so cute! <laughs> um, but, like, come on, why can't we have, I mean, it's a, it's not even a person. Right. It's a droid. <laughs> right. I don't know. Ugh. Sorry, I, that was me getting on my um, milk carton there. Yeah, so <laughs> <No>. sorry. <laughs> there are some things I don't understand why they're not back, and that is one of them. And, I mean, Chewie and uh, Darth Vader are fairly well protected as well, I think. Agreed. Ugh. Totally are. Well, to a positive note... <laughs> um, <laughs> There are some staff members who are working their tails off to make sure that we are enjoying the experiences that um, they are able <laughs> to provide. Unfortunately, on Friday, Jungle Cruise, it just wasn't able to take guests for part of the day. So it was closed down and people were totally bummed about it. So these wonderful Disney cast members decided, you know what, let's not let these people miss out on the magic. And they gathered at the top of the steps in Adventureland and they reenacted the entire <laughs> ride for the guests who were walking by. They took turns being the skipper and then the rest of the group pretended that they were the animals and the nature, including like backside of the water. And so they just reenacted the whole entire ride for everybody. Um, I'm sure that would have been something worthwhile to see. And you didn't have to even use <laughs> your lightning lane pass to see it. See, and that's the Disney magic that we all love. That is yes. why we right. keep going back is for that reason right there. <laughs> Board cast members <laughs> <laughs> spending their time productively. <laughs> But I thought it was great, and if you want to, you can go to YouTube Ooh, and Google I want to see it, it. I mean, yeah. You can, Me too. You can YouTube. It was just fun, and I think, some, I guess, several people had done it, but yeah, it was really, really cool, and I thought, what an amazing thing. Ah. You know, they could have just stood there, and you know, like, and it's no offense to anybody who's done this either, because that's probably what they think they're supposed to do. Just stand there and, like, tell people, we're closed right now, we're closed right now. But instead of doing that, they had fun, and they got to still do their job, basically. You're making me think, so when we were at Epcot, Test Track was closed a lot. I was sitting out there waiting for my family, and there were cast members standing out in front of Test Track, you know, saying, sorry, the ride is down. We don't know when it's going to be back up. And I just had this vision of them reenacting Test Track, like all sitting <laughs> in a car. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> I know, but yeah, they didn't do that. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
Alright, so let's uh, jump on over to Port Orleans Riverside. The carriage rides are retur- or have returned. Uh, they returned on Friday, February 4th, um, where you board a horse-drawn carriage for a 25-minute ride at Riverside Levy Marina at Port Orleans Riverside. Um, carriages fit up to four adults or two adults and three children. Each horse-drawn carriage ride costs $55. Advanced reservations are highly recommended. If you are interested in, you know, doing one of these horse-drawn carriages, contact one of us and we can get you more information. Just keep in mind that guests under 18 years of age must have a parent or a guardian's permission to call. That's a neat. I didn't even realize that they did this. Mm-hmm. Well, I did when we did the resort coverage, but that's the only reason I didn't know regularly. We weren't going to do it when we were supposed to stay at French Quarter, but then that was when we upgraded to Animal Kingdom Lodge, so ended up not doing it. We did it. I did it like years and years ago when Port Orleans Riverside first opened when it was still Dixie Landings. Um, it was the month that they first opened, and I was... I was 12 and my dad and I did it. That's one of my favorite memories of my dad. Oh, that's fun. Aww. Of course, it wasn't $55 back then. Because <laughs> I think you can rent bicycles too and yep. Surrey bikes. And speedboats. Yeah. Yeah. We did the bicycles. My grandpa and I actually did the bicycles. Mm-hmm. My grandpa and I always rode bikes together anyway. So we did that together. Disney has me so brainwashed. Like hearing $55 at Disney, I'm like, oh. That's, That's not, not bad. bad. <laughs> if they were to tell me that in Saint, downtown St. Louis, I'd be like, uh, what a ripoff for 25 minutes? No way. <laughs> like, oh, Disney, oh, 55, yeah. I was thinking the same thing, Steph. I'm like, That's not bad for Disney. So a little more news about the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. It is scheduled to open on March 1st, but Disney is facing a big problem. Wait staff are in seemingly short supply as experienced Walt Disney World cast members hesitate to leave their current positions. Reportedly, servers have expressed concerns about the working conditions and wages. Um, interesting. Um, the environment is different from a normal restaurant and even that of a cruise ship as Disney has been comparing the two-night experience. There are concerns about working shifts in a windowless room. The artificial windows will give diners a view of space, but no sunlight. Um, Sounds like Space 220. Um, Additionally, potential wait staff are concerned about leaving money on the table, so to speak. Doubts are being cast on whether the gratuities will be comparable with their current locations. Wait staff often rely on gratuities to make up the difference for the reduced wages. Um, and the exact pay rate for the Star Cruiser waitstaff has not been released to the public, but with only 100 rooms on board, the reduced turnover plays into the calculations as well. As a result, Disney may have to resort to hiring inexperienced servers for the Crown of Karelia dining room. That's not good. <sighs> yeah, I don't. That doesn't sound great. Disney figured out. Give them more money. Right. Exactly. No, they don't want it to be their problem. With as much as they charge for food. Exactly. They should have experienced waitstaff. These people are paying all of this money to you, Disney. Treat them right by giving them experienced waitstaff. 
and treat your white staff right by paying them appropriately. If this, if they're speaking out saying, I'm worried I'm not going to make as much money, make it up to them then. Right. But wait, there's more. Because yet there was another problem rising on the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser this week. Sources tell um, us that initial contract negotiations for the entertainment cast members were never completed. And due to the inability to reach an agreement by the deadline, Disney was forced to fire all of the entertainment cast members for the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser and then rehire them and train them all over again. This has led to some delays and cancellations in previous in preview cruises. So I guess practice mm-hmm. ones. I guess they're practicing on the cast members. And as Sarah mentioned, the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser is set to open on March 1st, which, hello people, Two weeks away. when you listen to this show, it'll be February 9th. It's not that far away. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a mess. And you know, the first ones out are going to be a bunch of vloggers and um, those type. Not a, not a good look. <laughs> no, not at all. More doom and gloom, guys. The maiden voyage of the new Disney Cruise Line ship, Disney Wish, that we have just been wishing would set sail. Let me see what I did there. Um, it's been delayed from June 9th to July 14th. Wah, wah. Guests who are booked for that maiden voyage are auto-booked onto the new one. The following sale dates are going to be affected because of this. So we have um, June 14th, which is for DVC, the 17th, the 20th, the 24th, the 27th, and then July 1st, 4th, 8th, 11th, 15th, and 17th, or 18th, sorry. Um, so such a bummer for all of the people looking to cruise in June and July. Um, here's the announcement that Disney Cruise Line is sending to guests who, um, who booked this cruise. They said... Over the past year, it has been nothing short of magical to see the excitement build as each new detail about the Disney Wish is revealed. Our cast and crew, as well as our partners at the Meyer Wharf Shipyard, have poured their hearts into bringing this magnificent new ship to life. While we are all eagerly awaiting the ship's debut, today we must share that our anticipation will unfortunately have to extend a bit longer than initially planned. The shipyard has notified us that despite their very best efforts, they will need more time to finish our ship due to, due in part to the pandemic and partially, or in particularly the arrival of the Omicron variant in Germany as this was a crucial, or at a critical point in the process. As a result, we are left with no other choice than to delay our maiden voyage until July 14th, 2022. This will regrettably affect the um, exclusive Disney Vacation Club cruise for which you have a reservation. We apologize for the disappointment and inconvenience we know this will cause, and we assure you we will do all we can to help you adjust your family's vacation plans probably had problems getting parts and stuff to finish the ship yeah yeah and maybe some of the german people that are working on it are the ones that had the covid all of it combined but i learned more about this yesterday from a vlogger so if you were booked on the first two what they call inaugural voyages voyages yes 
then they're auto booking those two cruises only. But anybody past that, they have to rebook. And I believe they said February 9th, which is the day that this airs, is when you would get on. And if you're not guaranteed one, even if you were paid in full, which no offense. I, I mean, I realize that that's an inconvenience, but it's not the customer's fault either. So what happens with the people that were originally booked on that, on the cruise, on the cruise that was supposed to be like the July cruise, you know what I mean? Did they get bumped? Right. I don't know if they get bumped or they spread them out, but they get to go. If they thought they were on the original cruise, this is what they said on a vlog yesterday, then they get to go on the original one. So I don't know if they bumped lower level people or, and that wouldn't be right either because some of those people probably have really nice rooms too. I mean, I don't know. Is there a bad room on the Disney cruise? I don't know. <laughs> there's not. I can tell you that right now. There's not. But I'm just telling you if that was me and I was still looking forward to it. And especially if you have already put in your time for vacation time and that's the only time you can go. You know what I mean? And that's how it is for hospital. I don't know if it is like that where you work, but here our um, one hospital system, January 1st, they have to turn in every vacation day that they're planning on taking the rest of no, the year. No, we don't. Ours has to be within at least three months. Gina, I do have an answer for you. You said what happens to the people who are booked for that July 14th. Those um, affected dates that I read off included July 15th and July 18th. So they're on that shopping block. They just got their, they, got they have to be bumped off and Ugh. that's so that they can accommodate and do the now new inaugural voyage on July 14th, but only the people who were that June 9th um, and I guess it was June 14th. Those are the first mm -hmm. two. Those are the only two that get auto rebooked for July 14th and whatever else it is. And then everybody else every man for yourself mm. wow i mean I, I get it disney's hands are tied I, I mean but you think they would give them like 125 percent cruise credit or something for those ones that they had to bomb they would they have to refund them at least i mean yeah i wonder if that part just hasn't come out yet or maybe give them like an onboard credit or something once they rebook it or something you know what i mean i mean everybody else is doing that for cruises <laughs> like right they have to give them something i don't know i hope i hope they'll compensate them somehow so let's jump over to some good news at Animal Kingdom. At least I think this is good news because Yay. it's about babies and I love babies. So a new group of baby Nigerian dwarf goats have joined the herd at Kilimanjaro Safaris in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Dr. Mark Penning shared photos of the goats exploring their new home on Disney Parks Instagram. So if you have Instagram, go over to Disney Parks and check these babies out. Uh, Penning wrote Norwegian or Nigerian, I'm sorry. We're on talking cruises and I'm thinking Norwegian for some reason. <laughs> Nigerian dwarf goats play a big role in protecting local wildlife and their habitats in Africa. The milk they produce is sold in local markets, allowing communities to rely less on wildlife for income. The dwarf goats are adorable and we cannot wait to see them in person on our next safari. That'll be fun. So there are nine refurbishments um, or construction projects that may impact your upcoming Disney World trip. And so I'll let you know about all of those. At the Magic Kingdom, Splash Mountain is closed for refurbishment like it typically is in the winter months. 
It closed at the beginning of January and is scheduled to reopen on February 11th. And still, we haven't heard anything about when it's going to go down to be refurbed or redone for, um, uh, what is it called? Princess and the Frog. I think it'll, I think it could be very pretty. That movie's beautiful. I love it. It's such a good idea. I just, yeah, I do like the movie. You yeah. need to hurry it up. I think they don't want to close it till Tron's done. Sorry. That makes sense. That's possible. But the, speaking of Tron, it continues to make progress, and I saw a lot of that on our trip, especially the canopy, but unfortunately it is not ready yet. Disney hasn't released an opening date, but there is a possibility that it may not be open until 2023, which stinks. I feel like Disney is so slow at opening these rides. Agreed. Uh, the park that I will not name seems to do things a whole lot faster, just saying. <laughs> Over in Epcot, the Novacore Star Blaster ship is out in front of the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, and I saw them out there working on this. It was really cool, and it is big and beautiful. I cannot um, wait. The ride is scheduled to open sometime this summer, and I'm going to have to determine if this one will make me yak because <laughs> I, I just don't know yet. <laughs> if you don't know. I don't even know how to describe it, but you sit in a seat, but the whole thing rotates 360 yep. degrees as it is moving. <laughs> and yeah. I don't I don't know if if my brain can handle that <laughs> and my stomach. <laughs> Epcot is just going to be the place to go get sick at. I know. Go ride it first before you eat. <laughs> oh, my husband and my eldest daughter did Mission Space Orange. More Ooh. power to them. Um, and it became my daughter's favorite ride. I was shocked. <laughs> like, that is not my child. <laughs> and they went on it at least twice each day we were at Epcot. And wow. I think that um, the, the second time, on the second day, my husband said he almost passed out. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, like maybe let's not ride that one anymore. <laughs> Anyways, well, back to to Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I said, it's scheduled to open sometime this summer with the Star Blaster ship up. It makes us think that it might be kind of closed since they're working on outside stuff. Um, it's, it's very exciting. The new Epcot Starbucks is still covered with Grimm and no word on when that new lo location will be open. Um, so that's all we have for you right now. And I know they were, I don't think we mentioned this, or maybe you mentioned it on another week, but I know they were testing the railroad at Magic Kingdom. So maybe that will open soon. That hasn't been open for a long time. Okay, my only question about Guardians of the Galaxy is when they do an opening, or is Chris Pratt going to be there? Because <laughs> if he is, I'm going. going to take a flight down there. <laughs> I'm gonna go with no. Well, <laughs> speaking of Starbucks, I heard that the prices are going to take a rather large well, jump. Why wouldn't they? Of course, everything else does it, just me. Yeah, so just be prepared. So over at Hollywood Studios, I'm continuing on from Sarah's uh, things that could cause a, uh, what do you wanna call it? Sad day for you <laughs> at Disney sad, World, I'm not sure which. For you. The Toy Story Mania gift shop is now closed. Um, the cast members weren't able to tell anybody why it was closed, 
but we think it might have something to do with Jesse's trading post that was announced as part of Woody's Roundup Rodeo. Over at Animal Kingdom, the fountain that's in front of the dinosaur ride is still empty. And up until this weekend was not even painted, at least this weekend it was spotted being covered with a gray primer. So now they have that dinosaur sitting there with, he probably looks really weird because he was green for so long. Anyway, so luckily though, the construction has not affected the ride itself because that is one of the few rides that is available at Animal Kingdom, even though I know not all of you guys like it. I like it, I'm the weirdo. There's also construction happening at the restaurant Saurus deck seating. Um, guests can still order food from the counter service spot, so never fear if that is one of your favorite restaurants, you can still get food. Over at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, Kadani Village, the Samawata Spring Pool is still closed for refurbishment, although, as Sarah mentioned earlier, the temperatures have not really been swimming weather in Florida lately, so I'm not sure that a lot of people are missing the Samawata Spring Pool. Unless you're my pool. children. This is that would be my children, though. They would still be in the pool. Well, you would have to go to Jumbo House right now because it's still closed. And I think it's closed until the middle of March, if I'm not mistaken. Largest pool on property at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Just saying. Really? Mm, yeah. Good to know. Square footage rise. It's the largest. Oh, I thought it was Yacht and Beach Club for some reason. I think that one just has the special sandy bottom. But mm -hmm. I think Animal zero Kingdom entry. is the largest. I think it's the largest zero entry pool at Disney. And I thought it was... Okay. Uh, Art of Animation, the pool there. Big blue pool. Yeah. Who knows? No, maybe. <laughs> I could be pool wrong. Pool. <laughs> we all have three different thoughts. <laughs> I will check it out. You guys can keep reporting. Yep, I'm, doing I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just going to tell you that the pools at Disney are amazing. That's just all that yes. goes so lightly. <laughs> they are heated from 82 to 85 degrees year round. Yes, they are. All of them. Did you, did you get a Google? So I see Art of Animation. Yay! Now, but it's saying by gallons. Oh. So I wonder if it depends on how you quantify your... Yes. <laughs> ...largeness. Yes. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yes. Who knows? Yes, good question. I don't know. So D23 has released the details of their May 14th event in, guess what, Marceline, Missouri, where Walt Disney lived as a child, um, which inspired Main Street USA. The event will be $350 per person, plus a $7 processing fee. Tickets are going to go on sale on Tuesday, February 8th which for us recording this right now that's tomorrow so this is for if you are listening to this episode when it airs that was yesterday um at 10 a.m um well actually it's 10 a.m pacific time on the d23 website that's where you can find these the event is going to include a motor coach transportation for the round trip journey from Excelsior Springs, Missouri to Marceline, which is 100 miles each way. Then you're going to get a continental breakfast, um, snacks for the trip. You get special presentations on Walt's hometown with Marceline residents, a catered lunch, access to the Walt Disney Hometown Museum, ability to explore various parts of Marceline, such as the Marceline Post Office, Walt Disney Elementary School, and other locations on Main Street. You get to a visit to the property of Walt Disney's former family farm, featuring live music and a hometown dinner. 
and a uh, commemorative gift that is created exclusively for this special occasion. What do you think? 350 bucks? Worth it to you? For all that? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, for you guys, probably not because, you know, you're from the area. Well, because, yeah, <laughs> we could create this ourselves. However, <laughs> it would be fun to do with a lot of people. Yeah. We did have a meet and greet with the podcast because everything around there is a small town. We met in a small town and we stayed in a local hotel. It was three or four families and we brought scrapbooks and stuff. So the night before we all went to dinner and then we like shared our Disney scrapbooks and stories and stuff together in this little like it's where they had breakfast normally in that morning for that hotel. But I mean, we had fun and then we drove there the next morning and did everything. But the thing is, when you go there, if it's a Sunday, there's nothing open. Like literally, I think the gas stations were even closed. And we found a subway and a Sonic. And since then, the Sonic has closed. Mm. So just pack a lunch if you're <laughs> planning on eating on a Sunday when you go there. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. It really is. It gives you a new perspective when you see Main Street USA. I would love to go there. It'd be awesome, I think, for me. Okay, so Sarah is right. The largest pool, gallon-wise, is the Big Blue Pool. But the pool at Yacht and Beach Club is three acres, which is the biggest pool. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. But neither of those was Animal Kingdom Lodge, so I don't know where I picked that up. <laughs> it does look like a pool pool. I've never it's, been to I think one. what makes it seem big is that it is... Um, it's very open. Like at Wilderness Lodge, there's it's sort of a kidney, I don't know, not really kidney shape, but it wraps around where the pool is. So if you're sitting on one side and your kids are on the other side of the slide, you can't even see them. So I think the, the, the ability to see far and wide across the Animal Kingdom Lodge Jumbo House pool makes it feel very large. But um, it doesn't matter, they're all fun. Agreed. Yep. All right, so this next article is actually kind of near and dear to my heart when I was reading and I was like, oh, it sounds like something my family would do. Um, it has to do with racing and like my job during the day, I work at a children's hospital. So a driver in a Lightning McQueen replica car was pulled over by the police. The officer asked the driver if he knew why he pulled him over, and the driver's like, well, yeah, I kind of think it's because my car, and, and the officer's like, yeah, your car is pretty cool, but nothing can cover your windshield. And what we're talking about when we say cover your windshield is Lightning McQueen's eyes. Okay, they cover the whole front of the windshield. But you cannot have it covered because it blocks driver's view but the driver explained to the officer that he was on his way to visit a child with cancer and if he removed lightning queen's eyes it would ruin it and he would need to make another one another like decal to put on it um the officer was very sympathetic but he reminded the driver that his windshield obstruction would eventually need to be removed so it sounds like he did not get a ticket he let him go yeah, I think that he let him go with the assumption that he was going to remove that after he visited right. the cancer victim. Yeah. But it was very cool. It was very cool looking. 
And you can imagine what that does for a child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of uh, the guys that my husband raced with, uh, he has his car done up like Lightning McQueen, his race car. And it's like got the Aww. same color scheme and everything. And it just doesn't have the same numbers. It has different numbers. Um, but it looks like Lightning McQueen. And that's what my nephew calls me. He's like, the Lightning McQueen car. So this next one, Sarah, is just because I'm a teacher and I love Disney. So well, I'm I love Orange Bird. Okay, good. So Walt Disney Imagineering has shared a look at the new little golden book. At least I think all of us remember these from when we were little. They're wonderful. Um, the Orange Bird and All New Adventures starring Orange Bird, written and illustrated by Walt Disney Imagineering and Disney Publishing. The Orange Bird is one of the original park characters created specifically for the Magic Kingdom in Florida and debuted at the park's opening in 1971. He was actually the mascot for the Florida, I'm going to get this wrong, it was like the Florida Citrus Commission or something, because they were sponsoring um, the Tiki Room, I believe. So 50 years later, the Orange Bird is still thinking orange in Adventureland and even flies over to Epcot for the International Flower and Garden Festival. Written by Jason Grant and illustrated by Scott Tilley, this all-new little golden book allows fans and children alike to meet Disney's Disney Park's iconic orange bird. With his orange head, leaf wings, and bird body, Orange Bird is a true Disney original. Get to know this sweet, fun-loving bird in this all-new little golden book. Perfect for children ages 2 to 5 or anyone who wants to read it. Um, or don't. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was like, anyone who wants to read it. Um, Disney Parks fans and collectors of all ages. You can get a copy of the book now from Amazon. Yay. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but it's a trend now. Like, I didn't see these books before, but I order books, obviously, because I am a teacher, and I know Steph probably does, too. And um, one day, because I've searched other Disney things, I guess it linked it to me, because I have Jungle Cruise, and I think it's all about Walt so far but i noticed that they're making these now they are not the 25 cent books that i used to get for being good at the grocery store it's not bad though no 5.99 I think, yeah right? five nine, i mean i just looked it up because i'm like well i want to get this book because that's one of those things that my kids are like yeah, i don't know who that is like and i like to prep them for things yeah. we're going to see at the park so they get excited for mm-hmm. it yeah but there's a whole series now and yeah i that is a I, you said when we were little little golden books but that was a big deal. That really shows how old I am, but I'm really not as old as that seems because it's $5.99 for a quarter to $5.99. I guess that's not a huge inflation. I don't know. But if I was good at the grocery store, I always got to pick a golden book. Aww. And so I have tons of them downstairs in Rubbermaid. My kids didn't even play with them. You just brought back a memory to me, Vicki. There's a, um, a, it's hard for me to say, and not hard for me to say this, but there's a local drugstore slash soda counter. Uh in our little downtown there's the store side and then there's the lunch counter and they basically do all sorts of hot dogs and like grilled cheeses and melts sounds like the old Woolworths yeah um, I love those stores yes and then they have the drugstore side and then a bunch of like gift wrapping and they have a whole section that sells the little golden books so now I feel like I want to go over there and buy some of them um, if you go on Amazon, there is a Disney Parks Little Golden Book Library collection. 
I mean, it's $29.95, but it includes It's a Small World, The Haunted Mansion, Jungle Cruise, The Orange Bird, and Space Mountain. Oh, that's awesome. Kind of cool. It's cheaper than buying them individually, though, correct? Uh, I mean, maybe. Is it five of them for $6 or six of them? It's five of them for uh, $30. So that's the same as you buying them. Okay. Some of them are on sale right now. Like Jungle Cruise is only four twenty four right now, so it's. I need to be buying that. Yeah, one. it's probably cheaper Again. to go ahead and get. I have one copy, but I made the mistake of bringing it to school, so Space I know. Space Mountain's only three ninety nine right now. Yeah. So yeah, get on there. Which my son announced after this last trip is his. He thinks that Rise of the Resistance is a fabulous ride, but it may not be as good as Space Mountain, and we were all like, <laughs> Wow. He's like, that will always be my favorite. I, think. I like Space Mountain. I'm so disappointed I didn't get to ride it in October. I was too afraid I wouldn't be able to get out of it. <laughs> uh, I should stop being afraid and just do it. My family, not me, got stuck on it for 45 minutes. While oh, there. no. You need to listen to her trip report. It's not funny, but I feel sorry for Sarah. I don't know. Disney by myself isn't really... Like, I, I like going with my family, and when I have 45 minutes, and I'm kind of like, what do I do? And not knowing when they're going to get off the ride, it was, I don't know, it was weird. It was during our extra, um, extra hours for deluxe resort guests. My husband wasn't very happy because he missed out on a bunch of that. Oh, bummer. Yeah, that yeah. would be. That would suck. I'm seeing a show. Just Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> what can she do all by herself? Yeah, Sarah's at the park. Oh, yeah, that would that would be fun. Give you a video camera and let you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. If you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can simply email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or text us at 636-395-0544. If you'd like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, you can text us, Gina, Sarah, Stephanie, or myself, Vicki, at 636-395-0544. You can also email us at yourstorytravel.com. Just a reminder that a $200 deposit will hold your resort and ticket package reservation. And be sure to listen to Friday's show. You've heard us talk about this a few times, but Vicki is going to be chatting with Sarah about the first part of her most recent family trip to Disney World that just happened um, in January. As always, thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, girls, I think it's about that time. Disney love. See you real soon. May all your dreams come true. Have a magical day, my friends. Mm-hmm.